0: hey what's up y'all welcome to another episode playoff edition of life in the jungle season one episode 20 and yes pharaoh outdid me with the chain y'all he done outdid me with the chain i thought i was doing something i came back from vegas like yeah I i matched you man he done upgraded he done went all the way chunky with me on the uh on the chain, but hey, man, we here for another episode, you know, and it ain't it ain't it ain't a, uh, end of the year one. We still have uh, another game to play because our Bengals was victorious this weekend, twenty six nineteen, ending the thirty one year drought. And I'm gonna ask you the question, brother Alex, did you cry?
1: I cried instantly. <laughs> I cried. Let me me paint this picture for everybody, though. And I know that that Cam feels the same way. Mm -hmm. Um, This was a long time in the making for a lot of Bengals fans, but particularly Mm -hmm. those of us 35 and under. It's just something that we have never experienced or were so young the last time they did it in January 91. We didn't really capture it. Uh, So, I mean, it just hit me all at once. I'm thinking about going to school wearing my Bengals starter jacket and hat and Jeff Blake jersey and getting teased and picked on because, you know, most people were bandwagon people. So everybody was a Cowboys fan or a 49ers fan and all the abuse I had to take and and playing with the Bengals on Madden when nobody else would choose them and just thinking <laughs> about all the, the the close calls, even when Marvin got there and changed the narrative and got us into the playoffs, we still couldn't get it done. And to just experience that finally and be there live in person, even though I was freezing my butt off, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world.
0: No, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world either. Uh, middle of the third quarter, I couldn't feel my feet. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? But I'm like, I'm in here and, you know, I, I, I feel like I was going to witness history. I just felt good about it. Uh, this go around. around. Um, you know, it all started, you know, uh, at the tailgate, Brother Alex ain't meet me again, y'all. Just to let you know, at the tailgate, Brother Alex did not meet me again. Farrell did not meet me again. It was not because Farrell did not try. Okay, nope, I, got, fair. I got
1: down there a little later than I anticipated. I had my best friend, Jeff, who might be tuning in. He came down from Columbus. And uh, we got down there, and I was trying to figure out where Coach Cam was. Now, he did not send me a locator file or nothing like that. He's a, he's a lot more, uh, shall we say, in tune and familiar with the downtown landscape. Like, I know how to get to the stadium and my parking spot. And uh, that's <laughs> about it. So as I'm calling Cam, he's directing me. I'm walking around the stadium. It's getting close to kickoff time. I call Cam back to say, Cam, uh, where exactly is Elm Street at? And it will not connect. Now, this is what Cam won't tell you. His cell phone died because he was having the time of his life tailgating <laughs> and it died. And I was trying to call him back to get confirmation, but uh, <laughs> we will be watching the game together this week though.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, man, you know, I just want to say, you know, because I know you want to go on with something before we really dive into the game. I just want to say the city of Cincinnati deserves this. Uh, you know that's why you are a diehard fan for moments like this, and you know it it, th- it. it took me back to something Zach Taylor said, and when I when he said it, you know, of course that's when we were like only winning, you know, two games, four games, and you're like, I don't believe you, you know. Um, <laughs> but he said, but he stated, you know, I think it was after, maybe it was after last year. He said, when we start winning playoff games and AFC champions, well, you know, and AFC North titles. We're going to look back on these moments where we struggled, and we go going to kind of laugh at them. And you know what? And it just brought to me and said, you know what? Zach had a vision. He had it from day one. Uh, he never steered away from the vision, even though things got rocky. Um, and year three, this vision played out. It was exactly what he said came to true. We won a playoff game. We won an AFC North title. And now we look looking back at these like last two years, and we can kind of chuckle at them a little bit uh, because everything that... The foundation that was laid, you know, the pre- previous two years led up to this. I just feel like we deserve this. And I feel like, you know, uh, Zach Taylor, he gets it, man. He understands. He said, they asked him, when did you plan this to give a game ball to Mike Brown and to the city and go to different bars? He said three years ago when I got hired. Mm. He said, I said, when we win this playoff game, I'm going to give the the city of Cincinnati a game ball. We're going to go around to different bars and give it. So. He understands the magnitude of this win. He understood the magnitude of getting this franchise back to where it needs to be, and it's just awesome, man. And you know, I experienced. It was a great experience for me uh, at the tailgate, meeting different fans. Fans from New Mexico, been fans since '85. Name they? Daughter Cincinnati. Like mm-hmm. so, when you so when the Bengals are rolling and when the Bengals are hot. There is a this fan base is really, uh, you know, it's really top of, you know, top of the NFL when you think about it, because, I mean, it's not we talk about all the time being a Bengal fan is not for the week. You don't you don't just hop on the bandwagon of a big being a Bengal fan. So
1: if somebody identifies themselves as a Bengal fan, you know, they are a real fan. Now, whether you like their commentary or not, because we've talked about that off the record or not, if they identify as a Bengals fan, there is a love affair there because for the vast majority of our lifetime, there's been more pain than pleasure. But I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. I love my Bengals. As I mentioned, another reason I got emotional is because uh, my father, uh, who passed away in uh, October of 2018, he made sure I left Good Sam Hospital in December of 1986 wearing Bengals gear. I was not allowed to leave the hospital unless I was wearing Bengals gear. In fact, my mom uh, pulled out the um, gear and the little socks and the, you know, little outfit that I left the hospital. And so that was another little, you know, emotional thing, you know, before uh, the game. So, you know, it it runs deep with me. I can't, you know, I, I can't think of a time where I was not A Bengals fan even before i was truly able to to capture it so you know this certainly runs deep but we have a lot of passionate fans and we've just been hurt because things really really have not gone our way over the vast majority of time so i think everybody had a collective exhale moment and i like the fact that even though joe embraced it himself speaking of joe burrow he's focused like everybody else is like hey we're not done we got other goals too Uh, accomplished. And and I do want to speak on Zach, because I know there have been a lot of people even in my personal life that are waiting for this grand sweeping uh, acknowledgement and acceptance of Jack Taylor coming from me. And while I'm not still going to offer that right now at this particular moment, I am going to tip my cap and say um, that as Cam said, the guy does get it. Um, You have to acknowledge what he's done this year and the role that he's played and getting the guys over the hump and into the playoffs and like it or not. Hey, look, man, he's done something that no Bengals head coach since Sam Weiss has done. And he won a playoff game and giving it to excuse me, the game ball to Mike Brown and, and Miss Nancy, I thought was a very class move. I know Mike Brown has taken a lot of heat. Some justified, and in my opinion, also some not justified over the years for the shortcoming you know, of the Bengals. So I thought that was a very classy move. And I know in his post-game speech, speaking of head coach Zach Taylor, he said, "He said, look, you guys that have been here for a while, you know, Clark Harris, uh, Kyle Huber, uh, coach Darren Simmons, specialties coach, you know what this means to the city because you've been here for, for this. He said, some of you other guys – It may take you 5, 10, 15 years to realize what you just did for the city of Cincinnati. And I just thought it was was a very special, uh, classy moment for him to even acknowledge that. Because they play for themselves, they play for each other, they play for the organization. But to acknowledge the role of them playing for us and what this means in our lives as fans, I thought was a really good move by Kozak Taylor.
0: Yep, absolutely, absolutely. And uh now and we see the comments here uh for sure and we we're gonna get to them uh shortly when we dive into uh you know recapping the game and things like that. But before we do that, I know you wanted to kinda because we talked off the record, you know, how uh Jerome Boger and his officiating crew were uh let go uh for basically from the playoff uh, you know, rotation there. Um and This really never happened like this before, Uh, but I know you wanted to go ahead and kind of say and touch on a few things before we dive into the game. Well, we talked about this off the record, and we kind of agreed not to spend a whole bunch of time on it,
1: but I insisted on spending some because I think it's necessary because there's a bigger issue at play. First of all, uh, Jerome Boger and his crew, first of all, he's one of the better officials in the NFL. Now, that's not to say that anyone can't have an off day or make a mistake, and I'm not making excuses for that. There have been a lot of comments from people saying, oh, they need to be held accountable, and, you know, the NFL has long uh, stood by the thing that they do hold officials accountable, but usually it's behind closed doors. It's not, you know, for public fodder or for people to see um, out in the open. Well, here's my issue with this. It's sort of like politics and the way that that goes now if you're not careful because of how people latch on to things and particularly those that don't truly understand the entire context of what being you know said and presented to you they'll take it in the left field and take it into an area where it's not supposed to 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 be Mm -hmm. that play that we're referencing with the erroneous whistle that was blown had i'm trying to think of a way to phrase it pg-13 let me go Stephen A. Smith. safe words. It didn't have a damn thing to do with the outcome of the game or that particular play. When Joe Burrow was rolling to his right, scrambled zero for all you guys that play football or understand the game at that point, see your quarterback's in trouble as a wide receiver, you start moving around like Tyler Boyd did. He didn't have a Raider close enough to him to make a damn play. And when the whistle blown, it was a millisecond a half of a second before the ball, which was already in the air actually touched his hands. I don't even know why we're talking about it. And this isn't being a Homer or, or you're just saying that cause you're a Bengals fan. No, I, I don't really get what we're talking about. I mean, me and Cam were down there and you know, I didn't hear a whistle. So I'm going to say the same thing. To I didn't hear one either, But but at the end of the day, they got beat and, and I would, Definitely give us a little bit more credence if the Raiders had led at any point in time during this game other than going up 3-0 at the beginning of the game with their first drive. But after that, the Raiders were never in control of this game. They never tied it back up. They were never leading again after the Bengals went down and returned favor by getting a touchdown and going up 7-3. This 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 is not... Uh, the tuck rule game or something that altered professional football for that game. And the next two decades following that is something that, that if they do want to handle that and it shouldn't have happened and what should, you know, take place per rules, that's fine. Reprimand them do what they need to do. But I don't believe that Jerome burger should be Burger should be made into a scapegoat publicly um, for a play that, you know, really essentially. Okay. And, and a rule was, was, was not followed, I guess. But it had no outcome on the game. And for people like Adam Schefter, ESPN's senior NFL insider, and and Charles Woodson, the great Charles Woodson, the great trader from Fremont, Ohio, who went to play his ball at that team up north, Adam Schefter went to that same school also up in Ann Arbor that I'm speaking of. So I expect this from, from them. But anyway, um, to get on TV and to say, technically, this is a tie game, and they should restart from that position, and the Raiders got holes and all this, and I said, "Look, See what I understand that you were a Raider, and there's a certain element to TV to playing up to your fan base or just saying stuff, just certain things. But you got to be a, a bit more responsible, you know, and being an analyst and, and what you're saying and and so forth, because of how people take stuff out of context, and all it's going to do is give people a foothold." Who don't really understand the game who have a small market bias to begin with who are trying to make up in their mind how and why the bengals have moved on to the divisional round of the playoffs a team that perennially people are used to being able to poke jokes at and say hey you're the laughing stock of the nfl so oh this has to be a reason why they've no it's it's cheap it's disgusting and it's idiotic to even sit here and entertain this conversation, but since it's come up multiple times and I've seen it on TV, I said I'm going to. Because regardless of who you root for, whether you're a Bengals fan or not, the biggest storyline in the NFL right now, the most exciting, should be and is the Bengals winning their first playoff game in 31 years. There is no, unless you're talking about Aaron Rodgers and, and Devontae Adams, bigger connection, more exciting tandem than Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase right now. Prove me wrong. That should be the biggest story about what's being talked about right now, not an erroneous whistle that had no effect on the
0: outcome of this game. Yep, yep, absolutely. And it's well said. And, and just a little piggyback off of that, how many times have we got hosed? How many times have we got hosed? Joy Porter coming on the field. Mike Munchak grabbing Reggie Nelson Dreads on the sideline. All body this body type body of stuff. Kimo Ray Zach. So, for me, I don't care. I'm telling you know right now, I do not care how what happened if it was a whistle, erroneous whistle, whatever. Because you know what, Joe never stepped out anyway. So why you even got the whistle trying to blow the whistle anyway? Just doing too much, uh, you know. And, and really, it it goes on the head officials, but sometimes it's the other officials out there. The game seemed like it was too big for them, um, you know. And unfortunately, since the referee got to make the calls. Boger, you know, is the one looking looking bad, but these other guys, line judges and all this making crazy calls, blowing the whistle when they don't need to blow it, don't make sense. So, hey, I'm taking the win and you know what, and we and we were the better team all day. We were the better team.
1: Against the Raiders all year. And that's another thing. Have we not also went out previously during the year and beat them in Las Vegas 32 to 13? And came here and then, listen. The only reason this was a game is because the Bengals kind of played it conservative a couple times when they got down into the red zone and had to settle for field goals, which is what allowed the Raiders to stay in it. I, you know, there was no point in time where I saw anything different or saw that the Raiders were any better of a team than we played them in, what was that, October when mm-hmm. we played them? Uh, you know, the better team won and and it did not have an effect on the game so as i said move on raiders fans are the only other fan base that feels like they're constantly getting hosed by the nfl but you know i can say this as a Bengals fan confidently and i'm sure you would agree you know there ain't a damn team in the nfl that's getting you know hosed or calls made against them at the expense of the cincinnati Bengals. so you can forget that one
0: yeah exactly exactly um and you know we'll and like I said, I see y'all comments here, and I'm gonna get to them in a hot second. Now, uh, you know, for, for for the game there, like you said, this game could have been out of reach. You know, we settled for four field goals uh, in the red zone. They could we could have easily dropped forty on them, uh, and this could have been very, very, very uh, uh, ugly game. Um, you know, well, it, it did seem like in the second half, though. We got a little tight on offense. I felt like it was like uh, I'm not gonna say we had pressure, but you, you felt like okay, we're gonna win this thing. We need one TD. We couldn't get it. We couldn't get it. We couldn't. We couldn't find a way to get into a rhythm. Zach Taylor said, you know, credit. You know, you know, he'll take some blame for that for not get uh, being able to find a rhythm in the second half to you know punch it in one time. Um, but overall, you know, you just gotta look at the game plan in general and and you know, once again, the game script. I you know what that was my biggest grief about ZT is the game script, and the last three weeks where the starters have played, the script I felt like has been solid. I felt like it's been good. We come down there, we answer right back with seven. You know, I thought that was probably the biggest drive of the game after giving up three. Like, you know what, we go go get seven. This ain't the same old Bengals. We're not gonna bask in that bad first uh first drive on defense. And we're gonna come answer with seven. That w- once we answer with seven, I said, okay, we come. We fine. I, yeah, fine. I, was, fine. I was I was I was
1: completely comfortable after that. And then to break it down a little further in that first drive, you saw almost everybody get involved at that point. CJ Uzama was the one that got the touchdown down in the red zone. Couple plays to Uno throughout that drive, Joe Mixon got loose with a couple runs and a nice little screen pass uh to get you down in position that first drive. So everybody was getting their feet wet. Uh they definitely did not look nervous. I knew Joe Burrow wouldn't be nervous because it seems like no moment is too big for him, but like you said to answer right back with a touchdown. Not a field goal. I said, "Oh yeah. This is ours. We're ready to
0: go." Yep, yep. And you know what? I will go even further. And now this is where I will touch on some uh some comments. Now, I don't think the game for if you want to take out let's say the four field goals, okay, that's fine. I don't think the game is closed if Trey Hendrickson goes out. As we seen, he get a strip sack early in the game, uh, you know, to give us the two score lead. Basically, we go down, get a field goal, go up 13 and 3. Huge. Um, and there's nobody on the Raiders line that could block Trey Hendrickson. Um, and the fact that Uh, you know, he got hurt, it slowed down our pass rush a lot. Um, in in the second half, so um, Jason Maloney says, Is Trey going to play? If not, they're in trouble. Well, right now, uh, we don't, there's no injury report that will come out tomorrow. Uh, so we don't, we don't know. Concussion protocols are tricky. Uh, you know, he could get cleared Thursday, it could linger to next week, so we don't, we don't know. Uh, but obviously, we would like to have Trey Henderson out, out there. He's one of the best, one of the best pass rushers in the game right now, so we would definitely want to have him out there, uh, you know, for sure. Um, let's see here. Uh, let's see, we got okay. We will touch on this. That's great. How about the big third down pass the Chase, where the officials had to talk for ten minutes and say LV took a timeout. Stop with the whistle talk. officials was piss poor the whole game on both sides. Exactly. I want
1: want that one. I want that one. Because I was sitting there in the stands and we were talking to uh, the guys behind us and saying thing. I couldn't believe that that was the takeaway from that extended conference that they had on the field with one another. I'm like, if that was the case, that should have been a really quick call and, and moved on. But you spent, I don't know,
0: at least five minutes Seemed like longer when we were down there. Yeah, so we like, it. what's going on? I'm thinking it's penalties on the Raiders. Um, I'm like, so what's going What are we doing here? It's three flags out. I'm like, Other so fans what's going started
1: on? started booing. Like, I mean, like, it shouldn't. And then your takeaway from that was, Las Vegas called a timeout prior to that. I said, that can't happen. Okay, so, can't so, happen. somebody messed up, and that was y'all cop-out. So I agree, it was not the best game by, you know, Bolger. And his crew, but you know, that like I said, I felt like honestly, that was probably the least most important play, the one we keep referencing where Tyler Boyd caught a touchdown because nobody was around him and it happened a half a second before he caught you know the ball. So the play was already in motion and determined it was going to to happen. But that there was the Hunter Winfro uh catch that wasn't that that they actually had to get overturned. Where Zach Taylor threw out, you know, the flag. Where I'm looking at that, like, how did you even rule that? I catch it. You got
0: to land with it
1: <laughs> to begin with. So there were a lot of other calls that had to be corrected. Uh, you know, on both sides. You know, there was the the roughing the passer, the the pass interference. You know, call. I. You know, it, it's one of those things where really. Depending on what you know, team you're rooting for, you're gonna have a different take on it. But as I said, that that whistle was not why they lost, you know, the game. So I'm I'm with you, Mr. Woods. That was uh, irrelevant to keep talking about.
0: Yep, absolutely. We got James Summer here saying we invading Tennessee. We not done yet. And my CJ Zama voice. Who they? Yeah, who they man? And uh, we'll definitely get in, in the Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee in a second. Uh, we got Deshaun. Uh, my boy Flag here says Raiders had too many penalties at the wrong time. All game, them penalties was huge. Exactly, they shot themselves in the foot with with, with penalties, and you know they and had they-,
1: they had unforced errors. There were a couple drop passes by you know their tight ends by Deshaun Jackson that I saw where guys were wide open and Carr got the ball to him and they just dropped the ball. There were plenty of things that went wrong for the Raiders that had nothing to do with, you know, officiating. So, you know, I agree with that. They kind of took themselves out of the game, but, you know, just thank the Bengals for being a little conservative in that second half. As you mentioned, Cam, I thought it got to the point where they were playing – I don't want to say they were playing not to lose instead of to win, but they, they wanted to run the clock out because even me sitting in the stands, and I'm sure you did the same thing, I kept peeking up at that board. It <laughs> wasn't moving.
0: <Clock laughs> were, I felt like the clock was – I'm like, oh, my God, we still like, got like, – Come on, come on, like, take it away. Let's come on. <laughs> right, right. I
1: think Zach probably was like, man, we're going to shorten this game out and, and get out of here, um, you know, for sure with the W. And you knew Joe wasn't gonna make that drastic mistake or anything like that. But mm. yeah, man, you know, and that and that's a football life. As I remember one of my coaches, Coach Rogers, used to say that back in the day. Like when you're winning, you know, time is going slow. When you're losing, the 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 ticks can't go off the clock fast enough, or they are flying off the board.
0: Yep, absolutely. That's that's how it is. I got my boy Diggy in the house, say on some real stuff. The Bengals got a chance to play in the Super Bowl. Now, with that statement, I don't that's not that's not crazy to think of, man. Like I know a lot of uh, you know, I, I love because I love the Tennessee matchup and we'll talk about that later, but once you get that first playoff win, you can start talking about, okay, you know, how can we get there? You know, because for us it was let's just take a step. Let's win a playoff game first. Mm-hmm. That's over. That's over now. You don't talk about, okay, let's just make it into the AFC Championship game after that first one. You talk about, okay, what can we possibly – what does it possibly look like for us to get, you know, to the Super Bowl? And I don't see – with a quarterback like Joe Burrow, which I'm going to go on my my little rant now and I'm going to let you go. I'm going to go on my rant. This is why you draft Joe. This is why there's no amount of picks. There's no amount – no trade. That's worth it. When people ask me, would you take the five number ones? Nope. I'm not taking it. If I feel like Joe Burrow is my guy, and I know that he's going to be a franchise quarterback for 15 years, there's no amount of picks that equals that. And that's what I was trying to tell people. There's no amount of picks that equals that. And that's what that showed this weekend. Joe Burrow having just having the savvy, uh, having the confidence, and it spills throughout the team. He's saying, "Look, this is expected. This is expected. We all happy. They like this. Is we expect this? Like we ain't, we ain't blowing cigars like the AFC North Championship game. We got we got two more, three more to get, and that and that's huge, man. I, this team is young. I don't think they know any better, which is a good thing." they going out there and thinking they're the baddest dudes on the block, like Jamar Chase said. I don't think I could be. we could be stopped. I know I can't be stopped. Well, he can't, we
1: can't be. Have... And, and no, he, no, 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 no. Particularly if teams are going to keep, I don't know what the Raiders' game plan was or why they decided to uh, leave Uno one-on-one out there. I guess the thinking was, well, let's try to contain Tyler Boyd and everybody else, because maybe that is a little bit easier than doing so uh, with, with Uno, but uh, no, it's not crazy to 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 think outside of the box and start to wonder what that would be like. I mean, I did it earlier. I let my mind go to that. Like, what if they actually did make it to the Super Bowl? And I'm old enough now to take this whole thing in. And
0: oh, what Bruh. if they're in
1: the parade? Uh,
0: and, oh oh uh, my God!
1: You know, so yeah. I mean, your mind goes there, but you, you know how I am, Cam. One game at so, a time. Yeah. So. Because this is still a single elimination tournament. This is not a seven-game series. So you take your your foot off the pedal for too long, and, you know, you could have an abrupt stop, crash landing. And I don't think this team will do that. But uh, it's certainly fun as fans to, to dream. But, you know, we got to take care of business with Tennessee, and I'm sure that's where the players' mindsets are at right now.
0: Yep, yep, absolutely. And uh, let's see here. We got Corey, my man, Corey Brooker in the house, so I definitely want to uh, touch his uh, comment. He's definitely a loyal watcher. That was a great chance to get the jitters out. We play anyone uh, anyone else in round one, and it could have been different, but the Raiders' mistakes allowed us to have an up-and-down day. Field goals don't beat Tennessee or anyone left in the playoffs. I agree with you, Corey. Um, you know, uh, definitely I agree with your comment. It's just different games present different challenges. You know, um, and, you know, the fact that we actually, like you said, we was able to get the monkey off our back. Now I, I like for us to play even better uh, moving forward um, just because we have that confidence of, you know, winning uh, a playoff game and not having that dark cloud uh, over us. So, you know, I, I'm i definitely excited about moving forward. I'm definitely excited about, uh, you know, Tennessee uh, and that matchup. And I see your boy Jeff here. Uh, comment. So, we're gonna add. I'm gonna let you answer this. Yeah, that's with dad Mr. Lawrence. Yeah, with, with, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. So, that, that's that's uh, that's his that's your boy's pop, dad, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, Mr. Lawrence. Uh, row here. Will the Bengals be able to uh, to stop the run against the Titans? I'm gonna let you go ahead and answer that. Well, I'll say that it just got a little bit
1: harder with Ogan Joby being moved to the IR and done for the remainder. Of the season that is a big blow that we can't just you mm-hmm. know skip over um next man up, yeah, but as Tom Jackson always says, there's a reason why that guy was starting now yeah. you, <laughs> um, the b j hill uh pickup was big. For Billy Price earlier in the year because this is a guy that's come in and has made plays and has been in the rotation the whole year. Starting to get really thin at defensive tackle though. We cannot yeah. afford any more uh, injuries. I saw, was that Jesse Bates or somebody that said I might send a text out to... Uh,
0: no, G- yeah, Jesse Bates text Geno Atkins. He didn't roll back yet. But, <laughs> and then I think uh, Geno answered the question uh, he was out sledding with his... Uh, <laughs> with his kid he had on Cincinnati had, but I think that was his answer like look I'm enjoying family life man and I, I ain't got no more snaps in me but they did yeah. reach out Jesse Bates did text Gino <laughs> Hey it's worth
1: a shot but to, but to answer your question Mr. Lawrence I, I think the Bengals will be fine you know we do have the, the linebackers you know back in full tilt everybody seems to be healthy across the linebacker uh, board and I know everybody's chomping at the bit because Derrick Henry may be coming back Now, I'm going to err on the side of science and logic and say that even if he is cleared to play, I don't see him coming out being, you know, the Derrick Henry after missing, what, 10 plus, you know, weeks. So it'll take a team effort. But if you remember what the uh, Bengals played the Titans last year um, and had the surprise victory against them, I think Derrick Henry did run for a hundred yards, but it was very pedestrian. You don't remember, yeah, like it
0: was a yeah. He wasn't building yeah. no, was a whole bunch of big gashes where he's yeah. forming people and underground. So, so I'm not as
1: scared, you know, as as some people may be. As long as we don't have any more knock on wood injuries, I think we'll be able to contain them. And then it comes to the point: Are you really expecting Ryan Tannehill? to play mistake-free ball and beat you down the stretch. I don't want to give away too much of our, you know, Titans uh, analysis yeah. yet, but um, I, I'm a little bit more confident uh, than maybe some other people are about our ability to match up. I don't see Javon Curse or, or Eddie George or, God rest his soul, Aaron McNair running out of the tunnel. So I, I'm, I'm ready to go.
0: <laughs> yep, uh, yep, I, absolutely. I, I agree, and uh, I believe Diggy Sorrell's kind of um, – but, uh, you know, Henry's not 100. And, look, listen, man. Look, as beastly as Derrick Henry is, okay, mm-hmm. this was supposed to be an injury that kept him out for the season. Now, when it's a foot injury, you're not going to come back in 100% game shape. It's not possible. Now, if they come out here and give him the ball 20 times, honestly, I, coming off an injury, I honestly like my chances, honestly, because – that means they're they're you know they're honestly forcing the ball to him to a certain extent because you don't come you come and run him twenty plus times off an injury he's not in, in peak game shape now he in shape don't get me wrong but game shape is different from being you know uh, from just normal shape. And And we're in
1: a different time nowadays because I know you and I have disagreed at various times about this. But, I mean, this would be one of those things where analytics and, you know, health has, you know, changed the game a little bit nowadays where, no, under no circumstances do I see them giving the ball to him 20-plus times. He would have to pace himself either way, even if he, you know, is uh, inserted back into the lineup and, and the Titans have to think about his health beyond, you know, just this game, even if he wants to get in there and try to make a difference. So I just don't think from a physicality standpoint and science or anything else that we should be expecting, you know, the Derrick Henry of old or for him to carry the ball 20 or 30 times this game.
0: Yep, absolutely. And uh get you on know, some more uh I wanted to get a uh, comment here cuz it was someone that we we failed to mention right now. Oh, that my uh, unsung guy Showed up. CJ Uzama from Curtis Robinson. Yes. uh, CJ Uzama has been a player that when his number has been called, he has showed up all season long. And he's a guy that is perfect for the locker room, especially at the tight end position, because he knows certain games he may get two targets. Certain games he may get zero targets, depending on how the game plan works, because depending on our weapons, Mixon, Boyd, Higgins, Chase, you know you can you know you can only spread it out so so much and, and Uzami even said it, like well I like to catch more points. yeah but you know I know some games I may get two targets next game I might get six or seven I gotta take advantage of my opportunities and he was there and he was uh you know very uh, intricate part of the offense uh on Saturday and he showed up big made some big catches and that's what I wanted to say because I remember we were in the stands and we were
1: talking about it me and uh my homie Jeff. I said, you know, that's what I like about him. It's no matter how many opportunities he does or doesn't get, he's always ready to go. And he takes advantage of that and makes the most of them. So, you know, at no point in time does he not take advantage of the targets that he does. It's a very uh, selfless attitude to be all team and all uh, uh, ball oriented to where he stays locked into the game plan no matter what. And no matter how involved he personally is, and that's why he's a locker room guy, oftentimes you'll see him being the one, break him down after the game. Uh, so hats off to C.J. Uzama, who was another guy who I think arrived in that same draft class with Tyler Boyd a year after the uh, five-year playoff run. So this is his first time experiencing some success here as a bingo also.
0: Yep, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, let's see here. We have... Let's see. We have a uh, Miss Lawrence uh, in the house as well. Says, "I love the gussie fourth and one play call. I hate the fact that we aren't running the ball well enough to pick up those types of first uh, types of first downs in those situations." And you know what? I kind of agree agree with her in a sense. Now it was very creative with the you know you start off and. Uh, you go up under center, they cramped the line, and then you send Chase on the on on the pitch. That was very creative. And it was a good play. Even though I know you hate the pitch play, uh, <laughs> Brother Alex. I know you I know You got the, you had that smirk on your face when I said pitch. And then you <laughs> but it was a good design play because they was all crushed in the middle. So that was a good design play. But you would like to be able to line up behind center, uh, power formation and be able to get a yard. You do I uh, so I do agree. Uh, with her on that, but that was a good gusty play call uh, that panned out on fourth. Well, I, you know, Mama, you know, I definitely agree.
1: Um, it was a good play because it actually worked. You know, the majority of the mm-hmm. reverses and pitch plays that we've done to chase throughout the year have not worked. But that one did, and you had to give him credit for it, and like you said, recognizing the guys stacked in the middle and in the box like that to be able to exploit that but, you know, I'm still old school in that sense. You know, I'm I'm sort of like, you know, Coach Lombardi in the sense of, you know, if you can't get a yard, you don't deserve to win the game. I hate the fact that the NFL third and one has become a passing down now. So, you know, if third and one is, so is fourth and one. And I get it. These guys are so much more athletic than uh, even some of the greats of the past were in certain instances. And you still want to be able to exploit guys and get out in space and let them do what they do.
0: But run the damn ball, fourth and one, third and one. Yep, absolutely. And here we go, Corey Brooker. They got a great coach from Z with the championship pedigree. Now, uh, uh-uh, you, know, you know, you know, brother Brooker, look here. The, the, the great coach from Z with the championship pedigree. Let's not forget lost to Zach Taylor, who comes from, you know, that's what okay we me wrong now. The University of Cincinnati is now coming off a playoff berth now. And, and, you know, Zach Taylor is a former Bearcat. So that former Bearcat might have beat their, uh, per, uh, that coach from D last year with the less roster, with no really DJ Reader, with no mixing last year. We're we really didn't really have a chase yet. last year. So I'm just saying so now – gonna- in that
1: one year. Well look, everybody is against Mike Rabel in Hamilton County right now or should be. So let's let's <laughs> let get that out in the open. But I do appreciate Mr. Brooklyn acknowledging the uh former all American from the and potential Hall of Famer, you know, three time uh Super Bowl winning uh linebacker with the New England Patriots and coach Mike Rabel, who is Scarlet and Great to his core. But uh none of that matters this
0: week. I don't give a damn about Mike Gravel right now. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Don't don't care about it. But no, uh, but people I know it was yeah, it was a regular season game here. But people forget, you know, like I said, last year we beat the Titans and we don't have near the roster of what we had. We had, you know, corners was depleted. We had no DJ Reader, we had no Joe Mixon, line was worse than what it was. Um Logan Wilson wasn't out there yet. I mean, so you had a lot of things where even though, yeah, it was the regular season, but the Bengals, honestly, roster-wise or just overall just wasn't a good football team last year. And they found a way to beat the Titans. Now, obviously, it's playoffs at stake. um, And, and, you know, that's different. It's on the road. But, you know what? Honestly, Bengals fans, let's stop worrying about talking about how we're going to face up with Derrick Henry and all these guys, blah, 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 blah. I guarantee you, Titans fans is looking. How are we gonna stop Jamar Chase? Uh, <laughs> if we do that, then how are we gonna stop Mixon? Well, they do got Higgins. Uh they do got uh, you know, they got Boyd underneath. They trust me, Titans fans is sweating too. That's what we gotta realize now, man. We're not the same old Bengals. The other guys are sweating when they see the Cincinnati Bengals Because we got a quarterback that can spread it out to all the guys. Mixon is also Say that again. We got a quarterback that can lead us, that can spread it all out. All out. And Tennessee, I'm telling you, their fans are not they're, – they're looking, probably figuring out, okay, how can we stop this 9-1 to uh, combination? Because it ain't been stopped yet. First of all, you have to
1: stop Joe Burrow. period. Marcus Spears, and I know he's a fellow LSU Tiger, so of course he was heaping all praise, but it was on point. He was saying, you know, Joe Burrow doesn't care about having a perfect QBR rating. He doesn't care how many yards he throws for. None of that matters to him. The only thing that matters to him when he gets on the field is he wants to beat the opposing team, and he's going to figure it out, and he's going to learn how to do so. And sometimes even on the fly, like the play he made to Tyler Boyd in the end zone and never giving up and scrambling to do what he needed to do. And that's the type of guy that he is. He's scrappy. He was a guy that didn't have success handed to him right there on the platter. He went to Ohio State. You know, he was recruited to be a, a clipboard holder, basically a backup quarterback. And he believed he was more than that. And he didn't get his opportunity until after he graduated and transferred to lsu but it shows you the type of fortitude that somebody like joe burrow has on why none of this other stuff really phases him in these moments because he's had to overcome adversity so playoff game what was that like he said i expect to be here this is what the standard has now uh become and i think rex ryan also spoke to that too he said man this dude's a killer he's got the same dna as uh one Tom Brady. Now, I know nobody's, you know nobody's saying that he's going to be Tom Brady at this point, but the traits are there. And regardless of who you root for or don't root for, you can see them. And, and that's what I think more than anything gave you, me, a lot of Bengals fans confidence going into this game, was we knew quarterback play would not be an issue. And, and I'm still scratching my head wondering how arrogantly some people other than i guess just muscle memory are already dismissing the Bengals' chances and saying oh yeah well they got the raiders but you know i don't know that's a tall ass to go to tennessee i'm like man, yeah. you're talking about ryan Tannehill versus uh, joe burrow I'll, I'll let you take those odds
0: Yep, yeah, exactly exactly and uh well oh, sorry here i'll get to you uh in, in a second a I. lebron but uh we got james summer says here we got to get off the field on third downs it's a must more opportunities for Burrow to do damage and wear them down. Yeah, I agree with that. Third down, sometimes we struggle, but we have to make sure it's third and long situations as well. We can't get them third and five, third and fours, uh, third and threes. You you want to try to get them in third and six pluses, uh, you know, and that, and that helps you get off the field. Uh, we got a comment here it says, "Good evening. My opinion on is th- uh is this game with Tennessee will be won and lost by the coaches." Yeah, I mean they have to coach a good game. They have to put the um, the players in positions to be successful. Uh, I just think Lou will have something playing for defense. Um, I really do. So I, I'm excited. Uh, you know to to see you know what we come up with there. And I believe uh we have Miss Brantley. My mom. Hey guys, is- hey, guys. Uh, how you doing, Miss Brantley? Appreciate you uh for, for 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 tuning in. Uh, let's see here and. Question here is Anthony Anderson. Here, uh, do you think Derrick Henry with the uh, uh, will uh, excuse me, will be the biggest threat to the Bengals' hopes of getting to the AFC title game, or do you think AJ Brown in the receiving core will have a bigger factor? I'll, I think, it'll be,
1: yeah, I think it'll be AJ Brown in the receiving core because, again, I'm not anticipating. It. And listen, if anybody's capable of it, we know that mutant named Derrick Henry, and I've seen his you know, training regimen and lifting with the chains and everything. So I know the brother's been working hard to get back out there. But, you know, again, sometimes physics are physics and science, and it's not something that everyone's able to overcome. But if anybody can, it would be him. But I'm just saying, even from an organizational standpoint, I know how a lot of teams do stuff like that. I highly doubt that they hand the ball to him maybe more than 15 times if that. You know this game it might be a situational thing or if they get down to the red zone really trying to punch it in with derrick henry and i think knowing that um they have to come into a game plan where maybe they're going to try to feature the wide receivers and find some matchup that they believe they can win because even the Bengals are not going to sit there and let the titans just run the ball all the way to an afc title game so sweet lou will be ready for that so you would have to think that they're going to try to put emphasis on making some other guys get involved in the game plan. And I still think that favors us because I like our secondary, be it a woozier, be it Mike Hilton in the slot. And of course our two safeties uh in the back end, Von Bell and Jesse Bates, who I do want to give a shout out to yes, had hey, a great that's the, game. That's the
0: that's the Jesse. <laughs> that's why I ride Jesse Bates so hard because I know he can play like that. He that's
1: had a lights out game from the free safety spot, and if they do that, I'm sorry, I'm not that impressed with Tennessee's uh, wide receiver core to uh, lose any sleep.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, let's see here, we got he uh, said mentioned here, Tannehill has been sacked seven, 47 times, so that's a lot of times too. So hopefully, we can get a little bit of pressure and get to uh, get to Ryan Tannehill for sure. Uh Joey Wood says the nine to one Uno uh Joey beat the Uno the back shoulder connection. They got it sick. Yeah, it is. It's almost seeming to be uh automatic there when they go to that uh back shoulder, uh back shoulder throw. Mr. Lawrence says, uh yes yes, Alex, uh Tannehill is prone to mistakes. He is. And I believe he like I said, you know, he'll give you two to three balls where you gotta capitalize per game. You just gotta catch him. That's it. Catch him and uh, turn him over and you know, you, you definitely got a chance.
1: Even uh, more
0: so than Derek Carr,
1: who did give us one when he put the ball on the carpet, or we got in there actually and caused that that turnover. But uh, because he stayed pretty poised, I was waiting for him to, to get happy feet and to give us one, but he didn't really serve it up. So, uh, gotta give hats off to him. But Ryan Tannehill, I I do believe is just a tad bit fraudulent. Just just in my book. Now you can prove me wrong Saturday, but but I believe that he's problem. I mean, he's a guy. Sort of, I put him in that. Uh, I don't want to make Cowboys fans mad, but I put him in that Dak Prescott category where it's like, all right, he, he's above average, but uh, it's not gonna win you a game. I have
0: seen him lose a few though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And Corey says, "Uh, Vrabel spent a lot of time with Belichick, can't. Joe can't lock on the Uno. Guarantee they got a plan for him. They got a plan for him. Joe don't, the crazy thing is people think Joe lock on the Uno. He don't lock on the Uno. The Uno thing don't. is, the problem is if you're going to give Uno one-on-one, I'm going to throw it to him. That's, that's it. He don't lock on the Uno. That's just like the Baltimore game. Higgins had 12 catches, 194 yards. So you want to roll coverage or you want to do anything? Okay, that's fine. You hit T. Let's not forget, T got a thousand plus yards too. T got eleven hundred yards too. That's not yeah. lucky on one receiver. I do,
1: I do want to see T Higgins more involved uh, this weekend in the game plan, and they yes. did try to get the ball to him. It was just one of those things that it didn't work out. But to make another sports analogy from a different sport, you know, the youngest heavyweight champion of all time in history, Iron Mike Tyson, once said, "You know, everybody's got a plan until they get hit in the mouth." So, everybody might have a plan and know what they think is coming, but knowing what's coming and being able to stop it is two different things. And like I said at the beginning, if they're going to continue to have one-on-one coverage over top of Jamar Chase, good luck. I'm like, Joey,
0: I'm going to take my odds on that. Yep, absolutely. Now, I do have to ask, you know, this is is special. Playoff, 31 years. We got to give out game balls for this. Now, we got to give out game balls for this. This 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 this, um, this game that happened this past weekend, and I I, I think I'm I'm first this week, yeah. Uh, and you know, on offense, uh, I, I you know it, it's I know it's getting redundant, <laughs> but uh, I, you you want to say joy, but you know what I'm going to do, I'm going on offense. I'm going to give the uh the the game ball to the offensive line. I thought they played an admirable game. Um kept Joe clean for the most part. Yeah, gave up a few sacks, but it wasn't many pressures, wasn't many hits uh to Joe Burrow. And you know that was huge because they do have good two good pass rushers and Max Crosby and Yannick Agakwe. And I thought that overall I thought Jonah Williams did a great job on Inguakway, excuse me. And, and and Prince did a very serviceable job against uh Max Max Crosby. So uh to be able to keep Joe upright, that's gonna be the key to success in the playoffs. So hopefully the line is playing the best ball at the right time. And uh yeah, that's my offensive game, ball I was going to the offensive of line because I thought they play thought they play well. And on defense, I'm going to give the ball. To the 66 plus thousand that was down there. The fans. Yes, I'm giving it to us for the game ball because we had it rocking all night long. Third downs. uh, Caused multiple false starts. Multiple communication issues. Um, I've never seen Paul Brown um, stadium that electric. um, That full. um, and, And that attentive. And that no one sat down. If I felt like I stood up the whole game, yeah, um, I know. And, and, and and I stood up the whole game. No one sat down, and you know what? I so I, I probably will split the game balls between us. Sixty-six thousand fans that was down there, and obviously Jermaine Pratt um, game ceiling interception. It it will be something in a play that for us as right now as. You know, around thirty to you know thirty, thirty-two to thirty-five year old guys who don't uh, we we don't know a, a play you know a playoff win. We will remember this for the rest of our lives. We will remember Jermaine Pratt catching this interception and, and ending the thirty-one year drought. So I want to get a game ball. I'm gonna split the game balls. Give it to the, the sixty-six thousand that was down there having it rocking while we was on defense and Jermaine Pratt for giving us uh, uh you know a memory that us fans will never, never, ever forget. I like it. You know, I could give my offensive game
1: ball to Joey uh, B, Joe Thurow, uh, which would be really easy to do. I could give it to Uno for cooking up on the outside, getting over uh, 100 yards receiving again, which, yeah. like you said, it can be redundant. And But they would definitely deserve it, But that's not where I'm going with it. And by the way, I like you mentioned that Isaiah Prince, too. I think I remember where he went to school also, but. We won't get into that. Uh, But um, I'm actually going to give the offensive game ball to Zach Taylor. Mm. Now, although there were a couple times when we questioned, you know, were they a bit conservative or whatnot, he stayed ahead of the game for the most part. Um, other than being down 3 nothing when the raiders you know cashed in with a field goal on their first drive Zach Taylor managed the game he did not become a, a negative part of the game or uh you know cause any extra hurdles to overcome mm-hmm. and he was calm and the rest of the team fed off of that and I, like i said i do like his class act after the game and his giving out of the game balls to Mr. Brown and his wife and the city and acknowledging what this meant to us so uh, Zach called a good game. Uh, I didn't see Joe have to auto bull bunch during the course of the game, so I'm giving it to Zach. Uh, defensively, I very much want to give it to all of us because, as you said, I don't think that I've ever stood that much of the game at at Paul Brown. I part of me knows it was the nervous energy that was in me that didn't want to sit down the whole time when I was watching it, but yeah. Right. Screaming the whole time. I was definitely tired after. We we planned on going out and painting town red with everybody
0: else. I could do uh, it, man. Like Between the <laughs> tailgate and standing out, I'm like, you know what? I can't do
1: it. Didn't, didn't have the energy. I, I can't want do it. But, but defensively, I'm going to give it to Mr. Jesse Bates. Mm, yes. That's just- safety. He made a ton of critical pass breakups. I think I saw the stat where he had – it was either um, four pass breakups the entire year. Mm-hmm. And I think he had like five in that game, you know, alone or something very close to that. But the plays that he made were very critical, especially down there in the end zone with the Raiders trying to tie this game up.
0: Yep, yeah, that was, it was huge. Uh, he had the pass breakup in the end zone, the pass breakup on Hunter Renfro. He had some early in the game as well. He was just all over the field. And, uh, and, 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 like I said, you know, that's why I ride Jesse Bates so hard because I know he could be that type of impact player to where he can make a you know, make a difference in a ball game. We get that Jesse Bates. I, I have no issue, you won't hear me say anything because that's the Jesse Bates I wanna see because I know he can do that. I know he can do that. So he, said he had three pass breakups. Uh, three. Dustin here said he had three, but that's a, that's a great game. You know, uh um, yeah, that was
1: a stat that he had four the entire year, and he had three in that game. So I knew
0: it was something close to that. Oh, Joey Woods here. He's a Flor look, he's a Florida Gator fan. So, you know, he so so he's a no game boss with my dude, Evan Money Mac. Now, we've seen Shane Graham, another form, former Florida guy, by the way, Woods, missed several field goals, you know, in oh nine. Against the Jets, so to have you know Money Mac step up there, hit all four as a rookie um, in the cold because that's one of the questions that we thought maybe coming in like, okay, he's from Florida, can he kick when it's January and it's uh 25 degrees out? But uh, he is, uh, you know, showing that he could be a kicker for us for a long time. And definitely a weapon for sure. So, yeah, kudos to Money Mac. We, we didn't give him a game, ball, but definitely kudos. We respect Money Mac uh, here at Life for the Jungle. He's been consistent all year for the most part. Much, so
1: Much respect to Evan McPherson and the job that he's done at Kicker. As I've said, I believe that he solidified that position to a degree that I can't remember. Maybe going back to Doug Pelfrey. Where you just felt comfortable that every time a guy went out there, even especially when it matters, he was yeah, going when to when it make, matters, he was going to make the, the kick. But but no game ball. I know Coach Parcells would, would say uh, you know, he doesn't have to play, he just has to kick. Now, I I won't <laughs> I won't go that far with it, but you know, he's a very important part of this team nonetheless.
0: Uh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right now. We're gonna go to the X Factors before we before we wrap this thing up now. X Factors for next Saturday. You know, we play Saturday, 4 30, Tennessee. Hmm. It could be on offense, it could be on defense, either or. Uh what who is your X Factor for Saturday's game to be able to pull out a win and head to the AFC Championship game? Who's your X Factor?
1: X Factors on defense, I'm gonna go uh the linebacking core in general. So Jermaine Pratt, Logan Wilson, Marcus Bailey, some of the other guys that are gonna be filling in. Uh because we don't know how light the defensive line is going to be, uh, they're gonna to have to make tackles when they are in the game, especially. They're gonna to have to make tackles in space and they're gonna to have to fill their gaps because we know Tennessee is gonna at least try to run the football because that's very much tied to their identity who they are and their game plan to beating the Cincinnati Bengals. So X factors are going to be the linebackers. Do we get it done? Do we fill our gaps? Do we stop them from imposing their will on us? Offensively, I can get creative and say who I think and this and that. Look, and you know I'm usually the counterintuitive one, but listen, the X factor is Joey B, all right? That's the X factor. I'm not even going into detail. The X factor is
0: Joe Burrow. (laughs) <laughs> Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow. Huh? Uh, I mean, he is he 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 the difference maker. He the game changer. Forget the game changer, the franchise changer. Uh, for me on defense, uh, it's hard to really uh disagree with you with the linebackers. Um, however, I think it's going to be on on uh, X factors for me. It's going to be Eli Apple. Uh, can Ooh. he hold up? Uh, whether it's against A.J. Brown, whether it's against Julio Jones. You talk about Julio Jones is, you know, probably one of these best gen- uh, receivers of this generation um, that we've seen the last decade. So, can – can will he be able to uh, hold up and, you know, uh, hold his side down? And like I said, he don't have to play a perfect game. He just can't give up no big ones, uh, no big chunk plays. Um, and, you know, Eli Apple, you know, you know, he, if he gets his hands on it, he normally brings it in. So, hopefully Tannehill can give him one of those balls that we talked about that are – very much 50 50 and very much playable for the defense to be able to come down with it. So I think Eli Apple and and will be a huge part of, uh, of you know what what we do defensively, as far as in that secondary and seeing we can hold up offensively. Like you said, it could be Joey B. Uh, I'm gonna go for me, I'm gonna go Tyler Boyd.
1: Uh, because
0: I think I think there's gonna be a lot of attention on Uno. I think it's gonna be a lot of attention on Higgins, and that's where boy can get going, and also mixing as well. I would like to see them two really really get going because I feel like if they get going, I think it, the the offense is limitless, and I, and I think that's where the Titans are in trouble, um, and and, and where we can't where they can't match up so. I'm gonna go with Tyler Boyd uh, you know, working uh in between the numbers, uh, you know, on offense and and on defense. I'm gonna go with Eli Apple being able to hold down the side, whether it gets, against uh Julio Jones or AJ Brown. I think those will be huge, uh, huge, huge, huge factors uh for 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 next week. We got score predictions now. Now That's we went first last week. I know. Yeah, yeah. You do you went first? You went, so I gotta right. go. I gotta go. Now I'm telling y'all right now, there's no instance in this and the rest of these shows as long as we playing, I'm picking them to lose at this point because I feel that good. I feel that good. The playoff monkey off. I ain't got no no worries, no concern. But I came in saying if we play the Titans second round, I love this matchup. I kept saying I love this matchup. I, I and. And, like, everybody's worried about how we're going to stop Derrick Henry. Oh, Derrick Henry coming back. Like I said, I promise you the Titans are worried about how they're going to stop Mixon, how they're going to stop Burrow, how they're going to stop Boyd, how they're going to stop Higgins, how they're going to stop Chase. They're concerned about that. I promise you that. I promise you that. I honestly think we go to Nashville. I think we handle business. I'm not going to say it's going to be a blowout, but I think it's going to be another game in which the Bengals kind of Have control of the game where you're really not feeling like we're going to lose it. I got the Bengals winning 27-20 over the the, uh, Tennessee Titans. And the Bengals will move on to the AFC Championship game. I can't believe I'm actually saying this right now because, hey, we're beyond this whole life of the jungle. I had them for eight wins. Brother Pharaoh had them for seven, and we said, "Hey, <laughs> you know, if we get seven, the the nine wins, we we happy with that, you know. that's the show grows, but the way we're rolling right now, the way Joy B has confidence, the way this whole team has confidence, uh, I don't see the Titans beating us. And you know, a lot of these teams that be on buys, they come out slow, they come I really out do. slow, and and, and, and I, I see it a lot of times where. You know, even Kansas City a couple years ago when they won the Super Bowl, they came out slow. They they were down what twenty eight nothing to the Texans, twenty four nothing to the Texans that to Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson that year when, and they had to roar back. And I can see, and with the Titans, if they start down twenty four nothing, they're yeah. coming back. Man, they're done. They're done. <laughs> so I, you know what? For me, man, I like it twenty seven twenty Bengals. We're going to the AFC title game, y'all. Woo!
1: I like it. Now, I think some of that confidence I was trying to instill in Brother Cam last week has finally... uh hit now. I just, his, his I just need
0: to win. That's it. You don't know, y'all. I caught him. I caught him
1: uh, <laughs> before the game. He's like, yeah, man, I'm just nervous. I'm like, no, nah, okay, we got this, man.
0: <laughs> I just said, you know, time I get high, something bad you know? But we got it, so I'm feeling good now. You can't tell me nothing. OK, Um, I also am not
1: going to pick against the Bengals as long as they're in this race anymore. I think they proved throughout the year with their games against Green Bay and some of the other teams that most people would consider elite or Super Bowl contenders that they can play with anybody. Uh, and again, even though these guys are maybe too young to realize the history of this franchise and to have any scar wounds, which is a good thing. Um still being able to go out there and get that first playoff win has to be nothing but a confidence booster for them going forward. So I'm going to pick the Cincinnati Bengals to advance to their first AFC championship game since 1988, Uh, defeat the Tennessee Titans 24-17.
0: 24-17. So we both got a seven-point victory. Brother Farrell has 24. Bengals twenty four, Titans seventeen. I have Bengals twenty seven, Titans twenty. Like I said, most people don't realize when you're that bat. Sometimes you start off slow. This could be an instance where I just feel like I don't feel like the Titans can match up with us. I, I really, I, I just really don't. Their best corner is what Janoris Jenkins. I mean, I. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. 30, I'm sorry, 33, 34 30, 30, 30, years old. I'm sorry. Like, stop me. Stop. You got you gotta stop me. And I, I just don't see it happening. I don't see they do have a decent pass for a decent D-line with Simmons and Landry, Harold Landry. I get I respect those guys, but I, I just see man, I just see the Bengals winning. Uh and I see us going to the AFC AFC championship game, man. I can't believe I'm 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 uttering these words. <laughs> um, but I feel it in my bones, man, that we're going to be playing not only this week, we'll be playing next week. And one more thing to add to
1: that. I hope they do because I'm superstitious as is Cam, so I'm not going to jinx it and say anything. But I have the absolute perfect. When you guys look at the teasers on me and Cam's feed, you know, for the next episode of Life in the Jungle, I'm usually the one that picks the music and everything, Cam, that's me. Uh, uh do that most of the time i have the perfect song especially for people that are still caught up on the jerome uh boger you know fiasco and everything i'm not gonna you know speak on it any further than that but i i need them to take care of business because i have the perfect song picked out for the victory celebration that i'll be listening to all the way to the afc championship wherever it's at buffalo kansas city doesn't matter but i can't wait to play this song for everybody that's still worried about whistles
0: yep absolutely and I can't wait either brother but <laughs> one thing before we you know we want to let you know before you know we 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 exit out for your life in the jungle we want to still say thank you for all the support um you know we reached a, you know plateau far as you know our 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 best since we started this show with uh 675 views the last time uh we check coming into the day. That may be small to some, but it's huge to us. So we definitely uh, appreciate that. Continue to watch because, like I said, next year, once we get the draft time, we come, in, we come in different. We come in different. We're going to have, you know, the background, the drops, and then, you know, the intros and everything like that. So we just appreciate you just watching just for the content because the visual is going to be that much better to put this all together. So we definitely appreciate you. Continue to tune in. And, you know, it's Coach Cam. It's the Pharaoh, and next week, regardless of when to lose, we'll be back. But hopefully, it's talking about the Bengals going to the AFC title game. Until next time, life in the jungle. We out.